0: We believe Piper is the best because of their professionalism, because of their capability, because of their integrity, and because of the relationship we have built over the last year and a half with several of their key managers.
1: Piper Electric has been a part of the Denver community for over 35 years. Their reputation of being fairly priced, trustworthy, and dependable has allowed them to become one of the best Denver electrical contractor companies in the market.
0: Sometimes customers will ask us if we know of somebody who can be their regular electrician where they could call for anything from a small job to something much larger, maybe a remodel. And so we certainly have... Refer people to Piper and Piper to them.
1: From residential, commercial, and industrial, Piper Electric can handle all of your electrical needs.
0: They've done actually everything from repairing a small wiring situation with a circuit breaker panel to adding additional circuits, adding parking lighting. So really they have become a one-stop shop for all of our needs.
1: If you call today and use the promo code BSN, you will get $25 off your next service call. That's 303 646 Five or go to piperelectric.com.
2: Coming, I'm taking over. There's so many things that I wanna say. You know I like my girls a little bit older, and I don't wanna lose your love
3: tonight. Very good. <laughs> that was awesome. Hey. <laughs> Speaking
1: of.
4: Nobody out. Three and two on Charlotte. Jokic gets it across the timeline. Gets a high pick and pop with Murray. Lindsey breaking through. Taken away by Nathan McKinnon. Two on two with Landis guy. He has
5: done it again. Vaughn Miller, ladies and gentlemen. dog two, two
4: hands. hands. Nikola Jokic. Send me by Grubauer with the left pad. Oh, goodness gracious me. Take a good look. You will see it for Two run
3: home run. Trevor Story. Touchdown to Emmanuel.
1: Welcome into the Denver Sports Podcast presented by Breckenridge Brewery, your official BSN Denver beer. I'm your host, Allie Monroy. Andre Simone is on the board. We've got Ryan Konigsberg and Drew Creaseman here. And since it is Rocky Mountain Showdown, we decided to bring in BSN Buffs beat writer Henry Chisholm and BSN Rams beat writer Justin Michael. Welcome to the show, guys. How's it going? Pretty good. <laughs>
2: <laughs> We're having a good time here. Yeah. Who are these children? What, what, <laughs> there are very young people in the room, Ryan. What, uh, how do we allow this to happen?
4: Well, here's what happened is we all listened to uh, the mashup pod between Justin and Henry. And Henry did such a bad job defending the buffs that we decided to bring in three people that went to see you <laughs> to go against the force that is Justin Michael. See,
2: that sounds about right.
6: 2019 wow. buffs, I know everything. Like, like, I know my 2019 buffs. Prior to that... Very, very little. You're still you, in the he trans. Was an it, a was an, it was in 2018. Yeah, buffs. I mean, I like, I watched a film from 2018. I watched it 30 for 30. Yeah, he took so like three in months period. watching
1: one game. So he really, really studied a lot, all the games. This would be
6: good,
7: though.
4: It was a mismatch. Uh, Justin had all the institutional knowledge. The heavyweight.
7: Mm. I just. I think it's more that I have less free time. I don't. I think Henry has more of a social life, more friends, so he's out, <laughs> oh. out living life. No, I while, see that. Yeah. While I'm sitting in my <laughs> chambers, <laughs> soaking in the football knowledge. There I feel go. like
2: there's a meta parallel to the two schools there somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah. Oh,
7: we're Probably getting started bit.
4: fast.
1: <laughs> Before we get into some football talk, we're going to touch base on Broncos and Rockies. Drew, we had a chance to see two players make their Major League debuts as starters for the Rockies Tuesday night.
2: Yeah, uh, and one of them had a pretty good game. No, you know what? Um, It, it was funny. Rico Garcia, uh, bless his heart, man, that this – Guy should not be pitching in Major League Baseball right now. And Ooh. and and, it, and it's not to say he should be pitching in Major League Baseball someday. And that's amazing, considering he was a 30th-round draft pick. That means every team in baseball passed on him 29 times.
3: Wow.
2: Uh, he, he's never been considered a top prospect, he, but he's done nothing but produce for the Rockies in the minor league system, and they've basically been forced to bring him up Because he's the only guy in the organization throwing well, and literally everyone in the starting rotation is injured. And so he got thrown into the fire last night, and he got knocked around by the defending world champions in his major league debut. So it it wasn't pretty. I don't think anyone who, who tuned in to see his debut is going, I'm a Rico Garcia fan now. But... Um, I think you will be one day Uh, it's a it's another great story kind of along the lines of the Tim Melville stuff we've been seeing but that, that was a tall task. To, to ask a young man to, to try to do that.
4: Do you think it's unfair that I started calling him Rico Garcia because he <laughs> gives up so many home runs?
3: <laughs> oh, I mean, no, wow. it's fine. Do
2: it, do it for now. Why not? You know, that that ball that Jackie Bradley hit has yet to land. He actually made a, a joke. Our guy, Patrick Lyons, who's gotten to know him really well throughout his minor league career, asked him a question after the game last night about uh, his transition to Albuquerque, where the average ERA for a pitcher this year is over five Uh, and the ball is flying out of that place, and and that's where he'd been throwing. And so he said, you know, did that maybe give you a little bit of preparation for coming up here to Coors Field? And Rico said, yeah, I've thrown some balls down there in Albuquerque that still haven't landed. Hmm. And uh, (laughs) I was like, good for him. You know, he's got a sense of And it was also weird to see him, like, try not to beam because he knows they lost, and he knows he got rocked. But the young man just got to pitch a major league baseball game in front of his friends and family. It, it is the realization of a dream, and so he, like, he was fighting back this smile, but not entirely successfully. It was, it was a pretty great moment, honestly.
6: Do you think that the injuries to the starting pitchers are those like real? Are those, are those things where they're like, actually hurt, or are they just trying
4: to give him rest?
2: Gray and Freeland are definitely hurt. Uh, Marquez is overworked. There's a difference between being injured, being hurt, and being fatigued. legitimately fatigued. And I, I don't think it... I mean, he pitched he, top five in innings in the National League last year. I believe he was second uh, when they put him on the IL now in the National League this year. And for a Rockies pitcher, that's even harder on your arm. And with the team being out of it, I think the Hermen Marquez one. If you want to go, hey, maybe they're just being a little bit cautious and smart here more than you need to worry about his future. I'm, I'm a little bit worried about John Gray's foot. I'm not going to lie. That sucks. That's a terrible way to end your season. And you wanted him to go into next year just with all the momentum of this year. And now there's one big question mark, How's he recover from the foot? I think he'll be fine. I think Freeland will pitch again this year. But, yeah, when you're dipping down into Tim Melville and Enrico Garcia, and it's – a lot of injuries have come your way.
0: I mean, if you count Bauer as an NL pitcher, yes, he's second, but Bauer's been in DNL for like... A couple of weeks, yeah. Right, so he would be first in DNL without counting. Yeah, it's crazy.
2: A Colorado Rockies pitcher should never lead the National League in innings pitched. Honestly, I had a... I can say this at this point. It's been enough years that it wasn't specifically off the record, so I'll just say Dan O'Dowd told me once nobody should ever pitch 200 innings at Coors Field. and and he had just lived through the Ubaldo Jimenez disaster where they rode him hard for three years and he was never heard from again.
7: So if you're a Rockies fan... What are what are you watching for in September? At this point, you already have guys making major league debuts. We still have a month of baseball left. Like, right. what's the point? What are you watching for if you're a Rockies fan? Where's that silver lining?
2: It, it's all those guys who have just debuted, right? It's uh, and it's like Ali said, you know, the other guy that we didn't talk about last night, Sam Hilliard. He's gonna <coughs> be one <coughs> of those guys. The video of his
1: family celebrating that home run was incredible. It's just so cool.
2: Yeah, and uh, y- you know, their family has been through a lot. I, I guess it's worth. Pointing out here as well, uh, his father's gone through the ALS thing um, very recently. Uh, You can find all their stuff on Twitter. I can't remember the exact uh, hashtags they've been using, but find Sam Hilliard and and his family on Twitter. Uh, They've been doing a great job of raising awareness about ALS, and and they've refused to let it get him down. Uh, He's had a rough go of it, has Sam's dad. But he had the, the quote of the night last night. Maybe the quote of the year, honestly, uh, no offense to Mike Malone, but uh, when asked <laughs> by Spilly on at and Sports whether or not uh, he, he asked uh, mom, or I'm sorry, dad, whether or not they knew he was going to be a major leaguer. When, when did you know? And uh, he said, well, his mother knew when he was two years old, but I wasn't sure until about 1130 last night. <laughs> <laughs>
4: That's awesome. wow. Dad's him, man. Calling him Sam Hilliard. Yeah, that's all he does is go yard. And he wow, wrecked <laughs> He's that here all ball day, guys. <laughs> that was, ro- I mean, that's off the back wall. Yeah, of the of the bullpen.
2: 105 miles an hour off the bat, 455 feet for your first hit in the major leagues, and you kind of saw his profile last night. He struck out.
4: He and walked. He swung. And he, he like
7: that was a swing and a half right. on that first strikeout.
4: Have you heard? Like I've always heard that um, hitting coaches and bench coaches, or maybe even managers, will tell guys like when they're going up for their first at bat. Just swing for the fences. You're only you only get one first at bat. Right. Try to hit a home run.
2: I'm sure they do. I, you you can only do so much to try to keep your emotions in check. Every guy will tell you. Every pitcher says one or two pitches it takes you to calm down. But that first pitch of your major league career, it could go anywhere. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like it could literally go to the backstop, and it wouldn't surprise any of these guys uh, and then beyond that you start to settle in
1: speaking of not being surprised there was of course people on twitter saying oh welcome to Coors field like that's why you got sure. your home run and yeah. it's like come on
2: no that ball would have been out anywhere everywhere twice uh, <laughs> th- th- this kid's got very legitimate power i watched him in a home run derby his uh rookie season out in grand junction the whole team did a home run derby he got into the finals it was a timed thing i watched him hit 18 home runs in three minutes
5: Whew. wow uh
2: and he doesn't even swing that hard like it's a very free and easy power justin you're saying like he, he he doesn't get cheated and that's why he strikes out too but that's just kind of his hack it's just very natural for him and he's absolutely a kid who could hit 25 home runs steal 25 bases he's a real athlete
4: it's nice to see like a lefty power swing back in the lineup yeah and it's it's been a a minute
0: since we saw a true five tooler like that probably not since story was brought up right right
2: and there is the, the big thing is just the strikeouts but with a lot of guys like when that's their profile when you're a big power guy and you strike out a lot you also don't typically run the bases or play defense. Well, you're Dan Vogelbach, but Sam Hilliard has that. And Dan Vogelbach was an all-star this year with like a 240 batting average, but you can do that in today's baseball. But with Hilliard, I mean, he played, he had one big mistake. You're like, yep. Coors field is huge. Huh kid. Uh, (laughs) In center. But he also went back on some balls. He got a lot of opportunities in center. Uh, this is the first year he's played center predominantly. He'd been in the corners before, but at 6'5", with legitimate plus-plus speed and by far the best arm in the organization. I mean, he has Carlos Gonzalez caliber throwing arm. Uh, you can get a lot of utility out of him in the games where he does go over 4 with three strikeouts. He's still going to run around and, and do some interesting things for you
7: and even if he strikes out 150 plus 200 times i mean if you get he 30 if you will, and, and will <laughs> if you get you know 30 home runs
4: out of him who cares exactly welcome to 2019 in baseball
2: exactly <laughs> and and so you're asking so the other guy who you know a thing to watch look at look at your boy dom nuñez he's basically showing right now that he can be very tony wolters like behind the plate uh, he's calling great games, both of the Tim Melville games. Uh, he's blocking balls in the dirt. He's shown no signs that he's scared of the big leagues whatsoever. And he's putting together good at-bats. He's walking. Uh, he's got a couple of hits to his name, but he's got a couple of home runs. He already has more home runs than Tony Walters, who you don't expect to do that ever. And But you've basically got now... A guy who can hit for power, left-handed swing. He's got a pretty left-handed swing as well, mm-hmm. does Nunez. And so, yeah, these are fun guys to watch. And and I think there are guys who took the long way to get to the big leagues. There are a lot of guys that it's easy to, to root for out there. Um, but particularly those two, and, and I think Nunez is really going to be a guy. It's amazing to me. He was exposed to the Rule 5 draft this last year, which means the Rockies didn't protect him. Literally anybody in baseball, if they wanted to, could have picked him up for nothing. And they didn't. Crazy.
1: All right, well, I know, Ryan, you're really, really antsy to already start talking about the Rocky Mountain Showdown, but there is a game, a football game, before the Rocky Mountain Showdown. No, there isn't. (laughs) And that is the the Broncos taking on the Cardinals at Mile High at 7 p.m. on Thursday. Are you excited for that game?
4: There's nothing in my life I'm less (laughs) excited for than that game, and I'm not even kidding. Whoa. Uh, Wow. I mean, it is so – the fourth preseason game is the worst thing ever. Yeah. Until there's a fifth preseason game. Then that's the worst thing ever. I mean, this last game that we watched, I kid you not, was the most boring football game I've ever watched in my entire life at any level. I'm glad you said it. It was just <laughs> so bad i mean i I couldn't even pay attention and that's my job is to pay attention to the game you
1: also had a lot of distractions since we were at the blake street tavern having a watch party and having a grand old time
4: it was i mean that was fun (laughs) if it wasn't for that i don't know if i would have made it through the game um so the fact that like we have to do this again it's actually and i I put out a poll about this yesterday i said hey uh is this preseason like hurting your excitement for the season because for me it honestly is like this is drought this has gone on so long that I like forgot what good football looks like and it's taking the fun out of it for me so and 44 percent of people voted yes this preseason has kind of hurt some of my excitement for the season and it's Whoa. not because the it's, to me it's not because of the Broncos because we haven't seen the Broncos like yeah. we're seeing their backups or third stringers or fourth stringers but it is so incredibly boring that it's not—it's taking some of the fun out of of the excitement of the preseason.
1: I would have to vote yes. <laughs> what about yeah. you guys? Yeah, I did
6: vote yes. <laughs> it's it, it's so frustrating to have to watch those games. There's just nothing going on for so long. Because usually it feels like there's one preseason game where it's that way, where you're like, I really don't care about anybody who plays in the mm-hmm. last three quarters.
4: There's been that, three. Well, there will be yeah, three by the end of this. It's going to
6: be. It's it's. It just doesn't make sense to me how they planned everything out either because, you know, usually the third preseason game is the one that's exciting. That's when you get to see all the starters the longest, but that's not what happened. And they say that that's because they played the Hall of Fame game, but the starters didn't play then either.
4: It was a reaction to injuries. And I'm it okay makes with sense. it. I'm totally like I'm, I'm not blaming Vic Fangio or something well, for whole, making it. Not at pre, all. Pre, the
7: preseason just sucks this year in general. Nobody's playing starters. Pretty everyone is taking that same approach. We'll we're, we're play them one to two games and barely in that game, and we throw a bunch of four stringers out there and see what bodies make it out alive.
4: And and. That's, I mean, that's the way I would do it. Me too. I would not play one starter in the preseason. So I'm not blaming the coaching staff. It's just so brutal, and and the fact that there's another game here is just like uh, n- there's not a single person who is excited for that game except for the guys who are fighting for a spot on the Broncos. And and I do hope the bet, like I I hope you know someone goes out there and balls out and wins a roster spot. But it, it I mean, I think this has been tough for everyone.
1: So with that, do you think preseason shouldn't exist?
4: two games uh two games is fine just you know run the guys out there maybe you run your starters out for a drive both times you get everyone in the swing of things and then get back into it the only thing is there right now there are going to be 10 games at mile high this year right you can't take away one without putting it back on so that means we're going to move to an 18 game regular season schedule which if the Given the CBA, if they make it work, right, and I'm sure that's going to be a big thing that the owners put on the table, um, and it's going to be interesting because yes, you the players technically would make more money, but you're also going to have to expand the roster, which means that the money is going to get spread out more. So it'll be interesting. I think it's a it's a good it's definitely a good deal for the owners because they're they're fine with scrapping preseason games. You don't make a lot of money off of those anyway. You get one extra home game, uh, and that 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 makes sense to me. But uh, anything to get rid of preseasons games makes sense to me.
7: Would you want an 18 game schedule because personally I feel like that maybe deludes the product of the regular season as is you already have you know some pretty debatable I mean I know it would everything would just shift but you know right now you have some week 17 games that don't end up mattering anyways. I don't want like two or three weeks of that.
4: I'm fine with it. Um, I, I usually side with the players on stuff like this just because I have, uh, they're more relatable than, yeah. r- than rich owners. Yeah. And a lot of the players are actually okay with it. And they're definitely okay with scrapping preseason games because that's just an unnecessary risk for everyone. Um, but it, it's not totally supported by the players for obvious reasons. So I, 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 I don't know. I, I guess when it comes to a head, I'll have to take a stand on one side or the other. But I kind of, I kind of like the idea of adding games as long as it means subtracting preseason games, even if it's just for my own selfish reasons. Yeah. 18 games is a lot of football. Like I can't, I can't
6: imagine having covered college football now for a couple years where they play 12 games. Going through six more, that just that would take a toll on your body. Well, you have an extra, you'd
4: have an extra bye week, so you'd actually play less consecutive games in the grand scheme. Uh, But it it would take a toll on the bodies, and and you already, I mean, the first couple years would be really interesting because like you you hear about the rookie wall because of there's so many there's so many fewer games in college well now everyone's hitting like the the wall that just is going to be there at 16 so it'd be interesting to see I think it's going to happen so it's something yeah. that we all kind of have to start getting start thinking about because it's going to make a lot of money and in the end that's all that matters
1: all right, well, what should fans look forward to in this game? Give them Ryan, give them one thing. He is just shaking his head guys. Look forward
4: to that scoreboard hitting zero zero <laughs> zero. That's the only thing. No. Um
0: return game, right?
4: What are you looking forward to about the return game? Someone Watching to stand out. No one's gonna stand out because there's they don't have any guys. So Well, well that's a problem. It is a problem. I'll be
0: looking forward to that.
4: You're gonna watch like in this when the season comes, you're gonna see River Craycraft stand back there and catch and take fair catches every time. So get used to that. Uh, I mean, maybe you see, like, a DeMarcus Walker play who's had some nice flashes. Mike Purcell, you know, is is pretty close to earning himself a spot on the roster if he hasn't already with the cut of um, uh, of Zach Kerr. Uh, maybe you get a chance to see Malik Reed a little bit. Like, it is very bottom of the roster. You made
2: all of those people
3: up.
4: <laughs> <laughs> I might as well have. Uh, but but y- th- this is what you have, you know. Are we going to see any roster. Winfrey? You will see some Winfrey for sure. Um, he's... On the roster, as far as I'm concerned, he's going to be their fifth wide receiver as it stands right now. They'll probably keep six with River Craycraft being that guy just because they need someone who can catch a punt. But, uh, yeah, you will see a little bit of Juwan Winfrey. Um, that, that's about all. Like, young guys, bottom of the roster guys, that's all you have to look forward to. I'm sorry, like, I'm not helping the ratings <laughs> here, but they, it's. I, uh, Let's just get past this thing. I
6: have tickets to that game. Me I'll too. I'll be there. I'll oh, see
4: you yeah. there. Oh. Nice. We'll have fun together. You, if you, I would not go. <laughs> wow. Oh, you gotta okay. go. You gotta <laughs> I go. go. I would not go. It's still I need a game. Full report oh, on They'll have
2: River Craycraft. Is that a is that a person's name? Is that yep. I need a that's, full that's report a real name. on River Craycraft.
6: Oh, Please. I'll tell you all about him. Yeah. It's just so
2: unfortunate that the Cardinals are coming.
0: You is know, you just is? talked for yeah, ten minutes I about know. like <laughs> I know. unknown like Tim Melville, third thirtieth oh, round guys. I, oh, I don't want to hear your hate about River Craycraft. Over,
2: I have nothing. <laughs> yeah. I, I only know one thing so far about River Craycraft, and it's my favorite thing about him. <laughs> 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 that's a phenomenal name. That that's is. that's another thing for a future the Denver Sports Podcast topic. Let's have a production meeting on air real quick, but. Best names in Denver sports.
1: As River long as Craig I don't have Crafts
4: to participate. Name does flow pretty Nicholas well. Nicholas Skeetish Feely. Yeah.
7: What's that? N- uh, Nicholas or whatever the Nuggets. You're giving
4: people some ba- dark flashbacks <laughs> right <laughs> All time names.
2: Oh, we're doing all time names. Ooh. Quentin McCracken. All, all right,
1: right. We got we to save <laughs> some of these ideas for that segment. But I think you, Henry, and Justin are going to need some alcohol to well, enjoy yeah. that game. Yeah, I think so. I think, I think so. It sounds like we're going to need some alcohol if you're watching the game.
4: And we're definitely going to need some alcohol on Friday, which we're going to talk about in the next segment. <laughs> oh, <great laughs> but if well. that's
1: the case for you guys as well, y'all go to Total Beverage. They're giving the BSN fam 30% off a purchase of $25 or more using the promo code BSN2019 online or on the Total Beverage app. Total Bev delivers and offers CBD products and has the lowest prices in the state. So, you don't even have to leave your own home to get this incredible deal. Welcome back into the show. We are finally going to talk about the Rocky Mountain Showdown that will be this Friday at 8 p.m. on ESPN. Ryan, I'll just let you have the first words. You're really, really antsy about this topic.
4: I don't really have to say anything else other than 66, 22, and 2. And I can just walk out of the room now. <laughs>
1: Justin. <laughs> i would drop
4: the mic but it's on a stand
1: <laughs> yeah. I, w- I wish you guys could see justin's face right now with Ryan's face. they're just staring at each other <laughs>
7: <laughs> i love that that's like the stat that gets brought up constantly but also wins and like, losses yeah we okay. usually bring those up in sports yeah but it's not a rivalry
4: it's totally a rivalry i mean ri- rivalries can happen that way like they're obviously it's a way bigger deal when CSU wins the game, which makes CU fans really mad when that happens, and that's how the rivalry like fosters. And it's just we talked about this before. It's a similar thing to CU and Nebraska. It's like one of the teams is better, so they make a really big deal out of it, and then the fan bases start to dislike each other, and then a rivalry comes out of it.
7: Yeah, no, that's fair. I just it it's weird to me the direction or just the narrative of the Rocky mountain showdown, how it's gone the last like five or six years. I mean, I get with CU winning four straight, it's easier to make the argument like, why are they playing this game? But I mean, 70,000 people still show up every year. It's it's clearly, you know, the biggest college football game in the state. Other than, I mean, obviously CU Nebraska is going to be really big this year. It's going to be a big home game, Mm -hmm. but like the stakes don't get any bigger than this. If you're CSU. Well,
4: and, and, Here's the problem: is that one CU uh, season ticket holders don't like going to Denver. Mm-hmm. That's um, fair. And, and if you ever been to Boulder, you would know why you wouldn't want to leave. Um, and the the downside is w- is just too big. And so you combine those things. Like there's not a lot in it for CU other than the fact that this is the only game that really gets talked about on like the airwaves and on TV and that sort of thing. Um, but I think the, the strategy, like when Rick George came to see you, he did like a tour kind of where he would go before the games, walk around to all the tailgates, say, Hey, what are your thoughts, questions, concerns? And the main thing that people just kept saying was, Hey, we don't want that game in Denver. We don't want that game in Denver. We don't want that game in Denver to the point where Rick George said, okay, well, I'll get it out of Denver. But first I, I we're in a, uh, you know, a contract here. So here's what I'll do for you guys. If you're a season ticket holder, you can not even take the tickets to that game. And I'll give you, you know, if you have two season tickets, I'll give you two extra tickets to another game. Like that's how much backlash he was getting. Of we hate going to Denver for that game. Like um, the tailgating scene isn't very friendly to the like an older crowd. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's obviously not a family friendly atmosphere in my opinion. <laughs> it br- no, it brings out the worst. Right. It totally sides. brings the out the worst. In both it's sides. definitely so, the
1: older folks because from what I know, college kids love it.
4: And I love it. Like, I enjoy the rivalry game itself. Uh, the, all the reasons I don't like it are the, the reasons I just named. Like, I, I'm scared of CSU winning because it sucks. That's the only thing I, I don't like about the game. But in the end, I think the game is, is fun for younger people. It's just that the reason why it's being pulled back now is because Rick George has to listen to the people who are giving the athletic program money, and they're saying, we don't want to play in Denver, and then when they negotiated with CSU, they felt like they had the upper hand and, and wanted it to be a two for one type of thing. And CSU didn't want to do that, which I understand their perspective on that. And so I would have told them
7: if I if I was CSU and CSU came with you have to play a two for one, I would have told them to screw off.
4: Yeah, I mean, and, and they're totally within their rights to do that. And CU, which is the bigger draw in this game and and, and brings more fans, has the right to also say. Yeah. Well that's a deal that's on the table. So if you don't want it then, you know, take it or leave it and that's kind of where why we are where we are now.
7: I think even I think most CSU fans w- can recognize that Boulder obviously has a lot more to lose in this game. If you're CSU you lose, you lose to the bigger program, you move on with your season, yeah. mm-hmm. Pac 12 school. Yeah. I mean I think what really bothered most CSU fans at least the timing when Rick George, you know, it ultimately announced that the series was going to go for a break is They hyped it up about how they were going to up the scheduling and all this. And they have added some nice games. I think Texas A&M. Texas
4: A&M, Northwestern, obviously Nebraska comes up again. But uh,
7: Air Force, that was like the first team they scheduled after that. And then so CSU fans obviously were like, well, what gives, man? You're not going to play us, but you're going to play Air Force. Air Force is a bigger trap game than CSU is.
4: Oh, I'd much rather play uh, CSU than Air Force. Definitely, yeah. If not only for just the rivalry aspect of it, which I think is fun. Like I like going – down into the parking lots and having some drinks and yelling at people but oh, just he really d- does like <laughs> that don't if you don't don't come up to ryan if yeah, you're a if you CSU see me fan. just avoid me uh, i i
1: promise you that's the better option
4: um but yeah i mean you add in the fact that air force is someone that you have to prepare for all off season and and it's definitely a, a worse game for them but CU has been able to fill some pretty good teams on the schedule.
7: No, they definitely have. I really—that's been something CSU and CU have done really well over the last couple of years. S- CSU, as far as you know, the G5 teams go, definitely scheduling up.
1: Yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> Matt McChesney on his podcast on uh, BSN Denver Network, M- Matt McChesney Unchained, that's what M- it's M- called. Mchesney Unchained. Unchained. Okay, um, he brought up the idea of having CU CSU played during that Thanksgiving game. What do you oh, guys that'd think be of awesome.
4: that? I'm I'm in for it. Um, it's weird when you do those out of conference games yeah. late because yeah, it is. Like you don't have the you know the, the whole way like CU Nebraska was such a big thing is because you start playing for the division Uh in those games. It's the last game of the season. The division's on the line. Like, that's how rivalries are built. Um, So I like the idea of it, especially because it's a lot harder to surprise a team and catch a team off guard uh, that late in the season. But it does make things weird when you're playing an out-of-conference game that late in the schedule.
6: It feels just a little bit forced to me because I actually talked with Matt about how you know, rivalries, they're, they're games that are played late in the season with a lot a lot on the line. And that would make the game more consequential to both teams, having it later in the year. But it's not a game that naturally is consequential to either team. It's not a game that actually does matter. And so by pushing it back there and putting it in a position where games usually do matter more, I think you're kind of just, like, forcing it in there, trying to force this rivalry
4: to... Well, then there's right. the other point that Matt brought up, which was get CSU into the Pac-12, uh-huh, and BYU then it does well. have consequences. Yeah. And, and then, you, you know, obviously the rivalry just ramps up to oh, a whole yeah. other level. Um, and, and the CU fan in me says, like, no way, keep little brother down in their, you know, little basement. But, uh, I mean, as a college football fan, I think, you know, having multiple Pac-12 programs in the state would be a pretty cool thing. I mean, I think yeah. that's definitely
7: what CSU is pushing for. They're for not sure. going to admit it publicly, but with the amount that they're currently spending on their athletic department, I mean, it's, it's obvious. They're trying to get the hell out of the Mountain West. Coaches in the Mountain West have brought it up. They're saying, you know, like, we need to get CSU out of this league because it'll – you know lay the blueprint for other g5 teams where if you invest you can make it so i mean i think even the other schools are in the area are kind of rooting for this to pay off
4: for csu the only thing is that csu fans have to support like they they have to 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 be consistent you have to not only make it seem like it's lucrative from a tv standpoint because that's you know that's why you would acquire a school is to get the market and and you know there's the whole thing about how there's more csu alums in denver than cu or whatever but those people have to support and you got to be able to fill that stadium on Saturdays. It's, it's not it's not, that shouldn't be that big of a goal, you know, like that's a smaller stadium. Uh, and if if CSU fans gave like diehard support for two or three straight years, I think that that conversation would be a lot easier to have right now. It's like, OK, well, if they're, you know, five and one or whatever and they beat CU, now people start to show up. It has to be it has to can't be like that.
0: Yeah, that support will come if the program starts winning. I mean, that's been the bigger problem is that Bobo and that program just aren't winning lately.
7: Yeah, I mean, it's why Bobo is probably on the hot seat going into this. I still think, given his relationship with Joe Parker, it's going to take quite a bit for him to actually get fired. Um, Going off what Ryan said, though, this might be somewhat controversial, I'm not sure that, like, attendance and even winning matters that much for CSU. For them, they're they're not going to be able to match, you know, some of the schools in the Pac-12 when it comes to that. If you're CSU, the reason they would get in a Power 5 conference, it would be because the school president was able to really sell the university as a whole, both from an academic standpoint and just the growing market of Fort Collins in northern Colorado. Winning would obviously help. I mean, you're going to be way more nationally relevant. But I think CSU could, you know, over the next five or six years, even if they were as successful as Boise State, I'm not sure that's going to be what gets them over. It's It's got to be the school presidents, you know, going with those back channels and talking about things that sports fans probably don't really care a whole lot about.
1: Justin, give us a few players that we should um, look out for in this CSU-CU game.
7: Yeah, uh, they're they're not going to have Auburn transfer Nate Craig Myers, which I think a lot of CSU fans were disappointed in would have added a lot of depth to the wide receiver position, but they got Warren Jackson coming back for his senior year. He's put on a lot of size, looks like he's running a little bit better. It's kind of going to be his year to be the guy in that offense. Another guy I'm really interested to see is Marcus McElroy. He is a junior running back, played at Mullen, has good size, really runs well. Even Bobo admitted they probably should have got him more carries last year. He did miss the beginning of of the regular season uh, with some blood clot issues last year. And so that kind of slowed his progress. And then the guy I'm most interested in is Nouradin Nuelli. He's a true freshman. Say that again. Nouradin <laughs> Nuelli.
2: All right. All right. Put his name in the hat. <laughs> Does have
7: a great name. Yeah. He's a true freshman going to be starting at left guard for CSU. Pretty rare to have somebody start like that. It's either a sign that he is a Mm -hmm. stud or it's gonna be a real long night for csu so i'm I'm really interested to see how that plays out and just how that whole line looks as a whole
1: how do you think the team will do this year since they they have lost three in a row
7: four in a row four in
1: a row please get
7: that right sorry (laughs) it's been a long long five years for (laughs) csu fans i think csu is going to compete well um I don't th- I it was like a 13 and a half point line going in it may, it may have changed it's since I lost all. Now, up to yeah. 14 now. I think this is a one possession game.
1: Okay. Henry, give us a few a few <laughs> players that Buffs fans and CSU fans should look do, out for in this. Real game.
4: quick though, do we need to remind any CSU media about LaVisca Schnault this year or do you think they know? <laughs> <that's> <laughs> <not around>? <laughs> <laughs> hey, I I knew who LaVisca Chenault was. You're not you're not at fault here. Not,
7: I know. We that uh, was That was not a good look.
4: Um, Anyways,
6: (laughs) you can have the (laughs) floor, Henry. Yeah, so I do think that the number one guy you got to look out for is LaVisca Chenault.
7: Never heard of him. (laughs) Yeah.
6: I mean, I don't even know what we need to say about him other than, like, he will be the biggest player on the field and the fastest and the strongest and the most talented he has great football sense. Like like And that's
4: not even a knock on CSU. That's like uh, most of the games CU
0: plays this oh, year. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Like there I don't I don't know how many showdowns you'd have to go back before there was a talent like this on either team. That'd be a fun exercise. Uh, yeah. uh, maybe ever. Yep. But I, mean, I doubt. That's, that's not right. hyperbole. Yeah.
6: Yeah. I mean, a lot of people are saying like he is the most talented player in the Pac twelve. And I don't really think that they're wrong there. What'll be What'll be really exciting is that this is how he opens a season when he could make a run at being a Heisman contender. You're on national TV, on ESPN, not much else going on Friday night. Like, people are going to be watching this game, and if he can start hot, like, I mean, he had 211 receiving yards last year. I think that he could probably even step that up just because he. He's he's incredible. He's he's the number one guy. One thing that I noticed this week, I think a Mile High Sports puts out like a magazine, uh, and they did like the Rocky Mountain Showdown preview. The cover was Lavisca, Chenault, and Darren Chiverini, the assistant head coach. I was kind of surprised they there was no like.
3: Re- There's oh, there, there the a second one.
6: Two, okay, yeah. I was wondering. <laughs> that makes sense. That that makes me feel a little bit better, but. And then with (laughs)
1: Chev, it was because he played the first-ever Rocky Mountain Showdown. He played in the first-ever Rocky Mountain Showdown, correct? I didn't know that. I I think so. Yeah, not the
4: first-ever Rocky Mountain Showdown. Oh, no,
1: in Mile High. Yeah. Yeah.
6: Yeah. Okay, so LaVisca Chennault, the guy to watch. (laughs) Uh, I think behind him it kind of gets interesting because the secondary as a whole is shaky. Uh, There's a lot of talent there. They're learning a very complicated scheme uh maybe not totally ready to go with all of that at the back end of the defense if i had to pick a guy i'd say makai blackman the cornerback mm. he's coming back as a junior there's been a lot of hype so far in camp uh well he he's killed it plays. during that open oh yeah practice, practice. practice. ali and i were there he was everywhere mm-hmm. uh so we'll see if that's for real because he's a small guy he's, he's
7: 160 pounds but Secondary seems to be where CSU feels that they might be able to take advantage a little bit. I think part of that just has to do with they have a veteran quarterback and a senior wide receiver with great timing, and it's more about their chemistry than necessarily being like a, a flaw that they see yeah. for
4: CU. Well, th- for me, that's the one thing I'm worried about. It's yeah, like, you do have a, you have an experienced quarterback going up against an inexperienced secondary that's like the one area uh you know and to me the, the, it's going to be up to see front seven to kind of negate that a little bit like you got to get mustafa johnson into the backfield you got to get carson wells back there you if you can get pressure then you can you'll be fine in the back end uh, but if you aren't able to, to to get in there then that's when you start to worry a little bit about what colin hill could do
6: yeah and the, the buffs pass rush last year was not was not very good but they have so many guys now that are talented who could really change that this season. Obviously, you have Mustafa Johnson back, but then, like, Jalen Sami, he, uh, he's a redshirt freshman, hasn't played football in three years because of injuries. And I think he's like 6'6, 320. Big boy. <laughs> big, big boy. And he's getting some preseason hype. I'm big boy. Oh, like Zach. said that was a little
7: I'm weird. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh,
6: but, yeah, like I, I think that he's an, the third one that I'd say. Jalen Sami. I want to see what he can do. The one I'm excited about is Dimitri
4: Stanley. Uh, uh, that's another good one. Freshman who is going to start for the Buffs at punt returner, but also just like an electric player going to play around in the slot for them a little yep. bit. Obviously, CSU is definitely going to have some sort of plan to try and stop LaVisca Chenault maybe unlike last season um and
7: (laughs) well I mean I think Bobo even admitted they knew they they weren't prepared for him with him with Bobo not being there for the first you know four weeks pretty much they were like like we knew he was athletic but they didn't see that coming at all they they saw some flashes in the spring game I know he had a Bobo mentioned like one play specifically where he like took a screen like 60 yards or something like that in this in this spring like that game. Before. Yeah. yeah, he's known yeah. To, known to do a thing or two like that. As CSU found out on that I think like 80 yard slant he took last year where DB didn't touch him for until mm-hmm. he reached the end zone. And
4: <laughs> yeah, so I think CSU will have a plan for him. Um, he's not a guy that you can just stop with a plan. Like you can just hope to contain him. He's so uh, versatile. But man. CU has to have a, a you know a counterpunch there. Uh, if if they're trying to take him away, what are you doing instead? And I think a guy like Stanley, obviously Katie Nixon, but Stanley's the one that I'm. He's kind of a dark horse for me. Yeah. Well, and, and
0: Visca, Stanley, Katie Nixon, you can move all those guys around. So they're kind of tough to they, game plan for because you they can go, mix and match as you want.
4: And they go like four, or five more deep at wide oh, receiver.
6: yeah. They have so many options, all the way down to Vontae Chennault, LaVisca's little brother who's a true freshman who's getting rave reviews in camp. A lot of my understanding of this offense, this new offensive scheme with the new coaching staff, is that it isn't about all these little short, gimmicky screens, that type of stuff. It's a real football offense, and kind of the base philosophy is that everybody is going to stare at LaVisca. So line him up on the right, have him go downfield. Everybody will watch him, and then fill in another receiver behind him. It's it's that kind of just like if if I'm watching this game, trying to figure out where they're going to pass the ball, I just kind of watch Lavisca Chenault's tracks because I think that's what they're going to try to do is just sneak guys into those spots behind him while the
4: defense is so distracted. I'm so excited. I'm so, I'm so excited. excited. I, like my, every time I think about it, my heart starts racing.
1: Okay, Drew. Oh Hello. You're here. Hi. Hey.
4: What you guys <laughs> doing? You been
1: quiet. Can you give us your football takes? What give what us. are no. you most excited <laughs> about for this game?
2: Well, I'm I'm just excited, honestly. Like just from a, a personal standpoint, I'm just excited to jump back in and watch some football. Like I haven't watched college football in a little while. Um, I, I've been more of an NFL guy. Uh, but you guys are getting me hyped. Like, uh, and a lot of the, I, I think the hurdle for getting over it, right, is once you've been out of it for a while. Like. I've never heard of any of these people i'm not even a <laughs> lie i just learned a whole lot but like that that helps you get over that initial hurdle and now i gotta check out lavisca i like i gotta see this guy right oh, we'll and, watch some clips after right you like, definitely do and so and and i i can get into a rivalry as much as anybody i went to see you my brother went to csu uh neither one of us were super huge into sports while we were at school uh, I never went in Folsom Field. I, oh I never went in. Oh, Get out. I my never, God. I walked by it every day to Are go to class. I, I never went in.
5: How? Uh, Why?
2: I, I was uh, very focused on my studies for my, my first couple of, of years at school. I was, I was a little bit of a, I know, I was, I was kind of a different cat back then. I can <laughs> understand
1: that, but not even just like once. No, well and and
2: so I So this I d- year you're coming. Y- yeah. I mean, yeah, let's go. I I'd love to go out and and take one in. I, I think a lot of it too was like the the people that I was friends with at the time that wanted to go to games were not people I wanted to go to football games with. Makes sense. Uh and and as you know that can ruin the whole experience, but no, I'm I'm excited to watch the game and, and I'm excited to actually have people around to help me understand it, too. Like, I obviously I, I, I take a more intellectual approach to sports. I have a lot more fun. I, I'm not a big, ruder guy. Like, both my parents went to KU, so that's my college connection. I do KU basketball. Uh, Rock m- Chalk. Yeah, exactly, yeah, right? there's so
4: many people in this company that likes <laughs> KU basketball. I know, it's
2: weird. But um, whenever I would get upset when KU lost when I was a kid, my dad would say, yeah, there are boys on the other team on scholarship, too. And he would say that all the time. And it got to the point where, like, he almost killed the idea of, like, totally rooting all the time. Because, like, every time my team won, I also had this understanding that the other team lost. And, like, I just want to see really good sports and really good athletes. And that kind of became my direction or whatever. So now I just want to watch good football and know that there are, are people out there worth rooting for.
1: So now you can give us next week your unbiased take. Exactly. Since so you even though really I know did go to see you,
2: I do not care if they win. Actually, I almost always root for the underdog. Ryan's really upset Stop. right now. Um, <laughs> so, so to even it up a little bit here, uh, I've literally never heard of a single player Justin mentioned, but they're all my favorites now. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Ooh, I, I would not want to be sitting next to Ryan right in, now. Turn
4: in your diploma. In. I know, right? <laughs> I got to go back.
2: Excuse me. This philosophy degree seems... <laughs> this is, I'm thinking too hard about things. I should have majored in something else. <laughs> what a great <laughs> man <laughs> Drew
0: Creaseman is. Let's just, we were Drew's just too nice. He that.
4: feels bad that Justin's getting ganged up on. <laughs> it's
2: brutal out here, man.
4: It's all right.
7: It's out here for it. a ram. Yeah, it's, it's a tough reality, if we're being honest. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Okay, well, before we started the podcast, Ryan and Justin got into a heated argument about the colors of each school.
4: There's just no way that you can say that green and gold are go well together. Wait, are we yes. talking
0: colors instead of talking quarterbacks? Yes, Is that' what we're doing. Yep. <laughs> <laughs>
1: All right, I'm I just think it's a little more interesting. <laughs> what <did> the quarterback <laughs> talk? What?
0: <laughs> we'll come back to quarterbacks.
4: Just have you ever seen someone opt to wear green and gold? That just has like a normal outfit. Because they thought it looked good.
7: Yeah, well, green and gold were my high school colors, too.
4: Okay, again, that, that's <laughs> but, the only reason you have uh, a uh. connection to those colors. It's a good,
7: it looks good. It's the dark green. If it was like a lime green or some crap like that, I would understand. But the green and Vegas gold look sleek
4: together. The Vegas gold? Is that what it's Vegas called? Gold. Yeah, Vegas gold. Vegas gold. It's the same gold, I think. Uh, but no the like especially when you put it <laughs> next to black and gold
7: i'm not saying cu's colors aren't good i'm just I saying know, I know, I just that, that uh, csu's are bad are, is i stupid. think they're pretty bad
6: oh green which ones are better
4: green you mean
7: green and gold or black and yeah.
3: gold
6: yeah
7: oh, oh, okay, he wants oh, okay, okay. to say black and gold <laughs> oh, cu's <laughs> uniforms they, look dope like they, i'm not you, you just can't create
6: the black gold white gray like it's so simple it's the really gold intimidating pops, like yeah. Oh, it's intimidating too. I like that. But I think the
7: green
4: looks <laughs> awesome. Do you know what? I, li-
1: I liked better than the green the collar out uh, of Pride. Those are cool. The state no, pride no, no. Were Those sweet. Those looks like so- a
4: high school all star team.
7: Dude, you're
1: that just saying. Be, if CU would have released the really exact cool. same uniforms,
4: you don't feel totally. that way. I right? would never want CU to do anything that wasn't black and gold. If they did the exact same uniforms, but in black and gold, so like they're like gray and black. black. Oh, yeah, like, that would be dope. I would just. Why would you go away from the best colors? And and if you like your colors, why would you go? I don't know. CSU should because have done it's it in the C-
0: state flag, and those are the colors. But
4: that just to state me, it flag. looks like a high school all-star team.
0: <laughs> I'm just answering your question. So you, you, yeah. yeah,
4: yeah. w- you
5: think CSU should have done it? Green and gold. I think that would have been Justin? cooler.
4: Uh,
7: just. I mean, there there are people fans that felt that way too. They were like, this isn't our colors, per se but i mean from a branding standpoint it was such a success i think i can't really argue against it maybe it, maybe that's why i feel this way i've been too far influenced by how popular they were
4: see if you if the colors were actually good they would have never been tempted to do that uh. then they're also doing green <laughs> and orange over here i and like the so good why did like you the do one.
7: the stormtrooper uniforms well, oh, we you, have those still in have the you still, still have, have the, the black th- and gold accents on <laughs> yeah. there yeah I, I hate the white helmets. I think they
4: look terrible. Really, I think they huh. look. Awesome. I think the gray
7: helmets look bad too.
4: Really? If I was Wait. CU, I
7: would not wear anything but the gold helmet ever because the gold helmet is so cool. You I, support
4: the white helmets?
0: Yeah, no. of course. Oh, you just oh, said why would you change your colors if you like? They your still colors. have the
4: colors on there. They still have black and gold. It's not like they changed their entire scheme. If they put blue, if they had helmets with blue on them, then I would say yeah, those are dumb. White's <laughs> just a neutral. Like every team wears white.
1: It just or the silver gray. Yeah. Yeah.
7: So Which do you like
4: best out of the CU alternates? The, of the CU alternate? The helmets? The alternate sure. helmets? Um, probably the silvers. I think oh. the silvers are awesome.
6: Yeah. I, I like anything that's all the same. Like that white, 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 like the black, black. Yeah, black. the mono. A- no, A- no, no. The gold, helmet, the gold helmet. Gold helmet, black, black jersey, black, black pants. That's yes. the best jersey
4: ever yeah, yeah but that's i
7: think that's the you uni- like if you were cu why would you wear any uniform but that one
4: um truly i would be fine with that but it's because of, of it's recruiting. branding
7: it's recruiting I get, it. yeah, it's yeah. the
4: branding i just mean i don't know it just
7: pops so much if better, they were in in gold opinion. black
4: black at every home game i would be happy you know what team
0: started happy. that branding though with the different unis Oregon. Oregon. yeah what are their colors uh, no one knows. <laughs> they, they should be green and gold, They're green right? and gold. Yeah, and
4: that's why they go away from them to have <laughs> any <laughs> other possible combination.
2: That highlighter yellow looks. Oh god! Good. Orange socks. Uh, hey, how where did everyone come down on the the major league baseball uniforms this year? Because you said you liked oh, you like the all the monochrome. They were all it white and all. Works way black. better yeah. in football. Yeah, yeah. See, I didn't. I didn't think that they kind of looked like they were out there playing in ninja pajamas. Yeah.
6: <laughs> well, I think the worst part was like the white batting helmets. <laughs> yeah. Those just look terrible. Yeah like you can't read the numbers or anything either like yeah. it, it yeah, was very did like jo- i think there's a all. way to do it right like all white all black and make it look super clean not what i they just don't did. think it's a baseball thing baseball you have like the
4: accents of the socks and like yeah and the undershirt and it's like supposed. i don't know it's to me it's like supposed to be different so to see it all the same was kind of weird I think yeah. you could do an
7: all-black Rockies uniform, and it would look cool.
4: W- but it, ha- it needs, like, purple.
7: Yeah, colors. yeah. like. a little like bit of
1: purple it, in there. Right. I think that socks sell. I was going
2: to say they should all have to wear purple high socks if they Yeah. Did that. Also, yeah. Like, but
4: black pants just in kind of remind me of, like, women's softball. It is
2: weird seeing Major League ball players in black pants. It's like you, you don't realize how used you get to just whites and grays. Like yeah, that, like I feel like I'm watching, like, South years. Carolina softball or yeah. something. And, and I was a little disappointed because I thought a lot of the jerseys they did... Oh, no. And you you talked about them kind of looking like high school all-star teams. I felt like the jerseys they wore last year kind of looked like high school all-star teams. Yeah. With the, like, purple sleeves or whatever. But I also thought they kind of looked dope. So, it was like, like there's something... You wear them for one weekend, too. So, there's 178,000 baseball games. You can wear some weird jerseys for there's a couple. it's too but.
7: many now. Like, when it was just oh, the I 4th know. of July... I would buy that hat every year, and I Mm. was excited about it. I I was excited for that, you know, the series to see them wear. Now it's Mother's Day and Father's Day, Day, President's Day, my uncle's birthday. I just, what? (laughs) I love
0: those—the variation of the Rockies jerseys for your uncle's birthday. (laughs) (laughs) They were (laughs) fantastic, fire.
2: Well, and they did the Colorado thing too with the spring training hat, with and that was a huge success. I got one. Yeah, Yeah. why wouldn't you? Those are fantastic.
6: Yeah, I just don't think like. It it gets old when they're changing up the uniforms so much. When all the uniforms are bad, like <laughs> they it, it doesn't seem like when they make an alternate, like they're trying to make it look good. Yeah, like who, the who are they hiring Day? for these branding?
7: Yeah. Like the blue and pink, and they're like,
6: yeah, Father's yeah. Day, just like filling it.
7: the purple <laughs> with blue. No, that looks terrible. Like, like figure out a way to make it look good.
1: It doesn't look good in the jersey, but that light blue is pretty. But (laughs) the
7: the other problem is there's different shades because you have like the Under Armour and Nike and Majestic and all this. Mm. You see it, and they're all wearing the jersey, but then all of their accessories are like slightly different shades of pink. Yeah, it's bad. It just looks so dumb.
6: Yeah, the 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 focus should be on making the jerseys look good instead of making them. Whatever
4: they're themey. I don't. Yeah. I don't know. Leave leave the themes to minor league baseball because they do that. They very do well. that very
2: well. So good. Everyone should have minor league baseball uniforms just lying around. They're <laughs> phenomenal. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right, we're gonna move on to what Dre wanted to be discussed: the quarterback talk. Ryan, <laughs> I'll let you. You are a big fan of Steven Montez, so I will let you take this away
4: Well, what what's the? I'm just supposed to talk about Stephen.
1: Yeah. Huh. How you think he'll do?
4: Oh, he's he's gonna have a great season. Um, the best, the biggest advantage you can have in all of college football, in my opinion, is having a senior quarterback, and you've seen it happen. Just you know, in the in the most recent good CU season was because Cefo Lufau became a senior oh, and all of a sudden he was great. Like you remember, you have positive memories of him. Somehow you forgot that he was not very good. I
1: didn't forget, but you got to, I mean, the rise <laughs> is just the rise. The, so you just think right. of the, that.
4: The rise happened because Cefo all of a sudden went from very, yeah. very mediocre to very good. In he started from the bottom. Yup. He really did. Was yes, he I was. mean, when, when I first saw Cefo play, I think they brought him in against Arizona State as a true freshman. And I was like, Ew, I don't think this is the guy because he, d- he didn't have great arm strength. He wasn't great throwing to his left. There's a lot of things that were wrong with his game that went all the way through his junior season. And then senior season, it just boom. I it mean, all comes together. And I think Steven can have a very similar season this year. He has all the talent. I mean, he, it, you know, he has a massive arm. He is fast, he's tall, he's strong, He's he's got it all. He just needs that big jump, and if he can have that jump like Cepho did, then I think he's going to be a mid-round NFL draft pick.
7: Got to work on that footwork. Got to be more consistent. Yeah, For I sure. think a <laughs> lot of, of it has on. to
1: do with his, uh, the offensive line. I think if he has more time in the pocket, then he won't scramble as much as he did last season and in the past. But with – I just – I don't know. With Sefo, it was more of like you saw him go through it all and still stick it out, and then the rise happened, and it was like finally and, – and the way Philip Lindsay described Sefo Lufout always was, that's a dog.
4: From the and outside. I, and I
1: haven't seen many of his teammates describe Steven Montez that way.
4: I think – well, Henry would be the best judge. I mean, how are they talking about him up there this year? It sounds like he's matured. Um, lots of hype from the coaching staff
6: – uh, you know, even just yesterday, Mel Tucker was saying, you know, this is a really smart kid. I really like what we're going to be able to do. And going back to what Ali said about the offensive line, I totally agree. I think that that's going to be huge in deciding how this season goes for Steven. And I'm pretty optimistic about the group. You know, they have William Sherman back. He was honorable mention all pack 12 as a freshman last year. Flip him over to right tackle for his sophomore year. He's gained some weight too. Bring in Arlington Hambright from uh Oklahoma State. Yep. Great offensive lineman name. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and he's just a big guy. This is a really big line. I think they're averaging six, four, little over three hundred. So, I mean, it's it's there's some experience back. The new offensive line coach, Chris Kapilovic, has gotten rave reviews. He's got this group really going like the guys are saying stuff like oh we're actually getting coached now which is concerning to hear for yeah. sure but Al- but
1: also they were saying that about the strength and conditioning they're like oh it's like real yeah this time around yeah
7: that's yeah. been a big theme for csu as well it kind of i mean nobody's like come out and directly said it but ryan davis their old strength coordinator left for maryland last off season, and <laughs> bobo was basically like yeah good riddance mm. see ya
4: yeah, it's, in, it's always interesting. I mean, it's it's easy to say, like, oh, this is better now because it's different and we lost before, so it has yep. to be better. So you always have to be weary of that uh, in these situations. It's a, le- a lesson I've learned the hard way over years of watching football and c- covering bad teams and whatnot. But uh, for Steven, I think a lot of his problems have come back to his internal clock yeah. being all messed up. Being because he doesn't Right, it's completely broken, and that's why you see him make bad decisions from the pocket because he's thinking, I have to get rid of this ball, and he doesn't have time to process. So I think he has a really good chance this year to blow up. He has all the help he needs. You know, the the weapons are insane. You hope the offensive line is better. So there's talent there at running back, and I can really see a path for him to becoming a legitimate NFL draft prospect. Yeah, I think CBS Sports released their first draft board, had him
6: 53rd, 53rd 53rd-ranked prospect in the country, late second round. you know. what I the other thing that I really think will help Steven this year is this new offense where it's pro style, and there's some concerns because he's been a one read quarterback, somebody who hasn't been able to go through the progressions, and if something's not there,
4: look back to the other side of the field and well, find you somebody see open. See the
1: panic in his yeah. eyes when that happens, and
4: that's again because of that internal clock. He's like, yeah. Oh my god, I have no time. But he was never really asked
6: to do that too consistently it's been you know last year with all the screen passes and all that kind of stuff very gimmicky offense now he has to learn a real offense and we're going to see whether he can handle that and I think just getting the reps going through that every play having to make reads having to make decisions look at the defense all this sort of stuff it might not go well early but I do think he takes a step forward by the end of the year
1: I agree he definitely has all the tools I mean I just I Need to see more from him to think that he will be drafted. I think there's a chance that he's drafted maybe in the seventh round, but I just still need to see a lot more from him.
4: What you got to understand about the NFL draft is there's so much projection. And when you have that arm and those legs and that size, some, I mean, someone somewhere is going to say, Yeah, I can work with that. I mean, it all depends on
0: this season. Yeah. Like he could truly play his way into the first round. He, this could be the end of his football career. He's
4: going to get a chance. Even if he stays completely on par with what he's done the rest of his career, he will still get a chance in the NFL.
7: So if Montez leads CU to a bowl game, we'll say a seven to eight win season, a good season, respectable season, but not you know double digits. Who gets remembered more fondly, him or Seffo? Seffo will always be the guy, just because he
4: had the leadership qualities and. The, the warrior type you know aura around him i mean he he was behind a bad offensive line for most of his career just getting crushed and he's getting up like holding his spleen and like you know just throughout Ow. his entire career just getting that sounds m- brutal. i mean, how do, do you, yeah, you hold this yeah he's holding his spleen out there in uh. front of everybody <laughs> like, <laughs> th- that type of stuff was happening to him during his career so when he i gotta like watch <laughs> more college football <laughs> yeah, you do. yeah bro you're missing out uh, it, when he kind of when he kind of put it all together there at the end it, it became like a you know he became a, an all-time favorite so Montez would have to lead another similar magical season with maybe uh, the actual icing on top, which they didn't get in that 2016 season, to, for him to surpass Cepho.
1: I also think... Cepha will forever be remembered and the rise because of the rest of the guys on that team as well. You have Philip Lindsay. You have Cheeto Bayouzi. You have Akella Witherspoon. You have Tedrick Thompson. I mean, those guys all drafted.
2: <laughs> the names that we are <laughs> dropping on this podcast. We don't even have to do all time. We could do the top ten names that have been said on so
1: this d- podcast.
4: <laughs> give me Arlington Hambrick. <laughs> I feel like oh. we need to, to give the right. Justin the floor here. Well, I was
1: just saying. That team, that team had such leadership that will be remembered. Right now, we've got a, a good amount of younger guys that a lot of fans know but haven't seen as much as they've wanted to. All right, Justin, let's no. talk some. <laughs> why are Football? the Rams
2: good? <laughs> why aren't
7: they no. good? No, no us, why us, are us, they? Tell, tell us, us why, why just, they're going to just, have a phenomenal
4: season. I'll tee I'll you, you up. <laughs> I've talked to a lot of CSU. Uh, I've heard a lot of CSU hype. Or I'm sorry, Colin Hill hype. Okay. From you and a little bit from Andre. And. Every CSU fan I've talked about isn't quite as high on him. So why are you high on Colin Hill?
7: I'm, I'm high on Colin Hill <laughs> because, you know, some of the reasons you mentioned about Sefo, he's a great leader. I mean, having to come back from two torn ACLs, a lot of guys wouldn't be able to do. He came back from his second one in four months, probably came back too early. He had no business playing really the first like five or six weeks last year and kind of got thrown into the fire because CSU was just they were a dumpster fire and Bobo was like, you're my guy. Hopefully you can save it and save my job. Um, he, he is
4: way too short of a leash with quarterbacks, by the way.
7: He definitely is one of those guys when he's out there, he makes decisions based on emotion, and you can literally seeing it happen in the game. And unfortunately for Bobo, he's made the wrong call based on emotion, probably four times out of five. and it's really backfired. Um, but the reason if you're if you're rooting for Colin Hill, obviously high character guy, but when I watch him, he just runs the offense like a pro. I haven't seen a CSU quarterback as comfortable in the pocket since Garrett Grayson. As as good as Nick Stevens was, and he really ran the offense masterfully, he wasn't that impressive of, that, of an athlete. And even Bobo will say that today. The only reason he started was because how he mastered that offense. Colin has mastered the offense, but he has the arm. He has the, all the physical tools to be you know, an NFL guy. He's not as big or as athletic as Steven Montez. But I believe he's more accurate consistently. He can hit the deep ball, and he's a guy who gets back up when he takes hits. His clock doesn't get you know consistently screwed up. Are you willing to die
4: on Colin Hill? <laughs> oh, <God>. oh wow! <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow! Yeah. <laughs> oh All boy!
7: Right. All right. Also, I mean, I'd said it when I talked with Henry, Henry and Andre. To me, if I were an NFL scout, I'd be more interested. And Colin Hill than Stephen Montez.
4: Should we make a little like uh, beer, like Breckenridge beer bet, which one uh, gets drafted higher? Oh, Montez will get drafted higher. Okay, right. okay. <laughs> <laughs> How about Mike, for the you game? Think that's wrong.
2: How about for the game? Who has a better game? I mean, find a find a passing yard and completion percentage. Come on, let let's set something up here. I'm not letting you guys we walk out of that like that. We should definitely set something up. Who's having the better game?
4: Stephen Montez is for sure gonna have the better game.
2: By what parameters?
4: Whatever parameters you want to <laughs> so this is the way you're gonna get involved here. Set That's right. the parameters. That's right. All right.
2: Just more yards passing. Let's make it simple.
4: Okay. Justin Ry-
2: Ryan knows Justin a Breck Brew. Montez is gonna have more yards passing,
7: but See, I think we can't get
4: it uh, you're not willing to die No, so, But
7: CSU's offense is not gonna these first three weeks without Nate Craig Myers, they're gonna go two tight ends. They're gonna try and run the football. They're gonna try and beat you with play action. It's not going to be All him right. c- dropping back with 40 attempts.
4: How are we going to make um, a, a beer bet here? I am
2: going to say, we can line it up in your favor now. You want completion percentage? You want offensive points scored? We can get, we can get interesting
0: here. Is completion percentage agreeable to both? Completion percentage? Completion percentage. Yeah, I'm not really
4: interested in uh, completion. Because you're hitting screens. Like <gasps>
2: well, I got Steve out here taking chances. <laughs> <laughs>
4: it just doesn't, that doesn't equate to anything. Uh,
2: okay, how about this?
7: I, think, I bet you Steven Montez throws an interception in the game and Colin Hill does not.
4: Oh. Okay, yeah, I'll take that. Okay. I'll take oh. that. We'll, we'll bet right. a uh, six-pack of Strawberry Sky on that. That's a deal. All
2: right. All right, well, with that. My <laughs> job here is done.
4: Let me clarify one. Not, we're, not done to yet, all <laughs> right. No. No. a qualifier.
7: I said I'm high on Colin Hill as an NFL prospect. I'm not saying he's going to all of a sudden be like a fourth-round pick and skyrocket past like Steve Montez. Montez's athleticism alone, like you said, somebody is going to take a chance on that, and they would have to. The guy can throw probably 80 yards.
3: Yep. But Colin
7: Hill is yeah. going to get a chance based on how he runs the offense and a very complicated pro-style offense that Mike Bobo likes to run at that.
4: I think he'll get a chance for sure. I, okay, I just wanted to clarify. I'm not
1: like out here saying like, <laughs> Colin Hill is a first
7: round NFL draft. Right, right, right. <laughs> not at all what I'm saying. He's a good college quarterback.
1: Okay, with that, we're going to take a quick break and then it's everyone's favorite segment who won the week?
5: Hey guys, it's Allie and Lindsay here, and we want to talk to you about our new favorite wine subscription. It is Weinster. The best thing about Weinster is that they work with small wineries. You know BSN loves supporting small local businesses, and Weinster is just that, supporting real people making real wine. These guys will curate a hand-picked shipment for you from the best small wine producers in the U.S. So my favorite part about Weinster is the fact that I don't
1: really know much about wine, and when I go to a liquor store, I tend to gravitate towards the same wine I've always had instead of trying something new. But with Weinster, they make the
5: process so easy. That's exactly right, Allie. And from my perspective, you guys, I love wine and have tried so many different types of wine at different price points. And Winester is not only easy, but it is quite literally some of the best wine I've ever tasted. And it makes for an amazing gift.
3: did the most and who did the least
4: who was the dog and who was the beast who's in the boat and who's up a creek let's see who won the week
1: we got a jingle everyone <laughs> that's right it's so, it's, it's so good it's so
4: good so good
2: I'm blown away, honestly. Drew
1: did not make it.
2: I'm first of all, I, I could never make anything that good. I was like relieved the moment I heard it. I'm, thank God. And then I was immediately like trying to learn from it. Like if I ever did have to do it, like that's my m- that's my blueprint now. Perfectly done.
4: So well done. S- Shout out to Eric Schlelein.
1: Yes, who sent that in for us. Thank you so so much. Henry said he had it on repeat.
4: I
6: did. It was a weird night. <laughs> Henry's new favorite song. <laughs> <laughs> and that's probably totally
7: believable. <laughs> Singing in the shower instead.
4: <laughs> I love the little walk down on the piano. It's like, dun, dun, yeah. <laughs> dun, 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 dun.
2: so good. <laughs> it's so good.
1: I, I mean, I'm, our B, our BSN community, is so awesome. We ask and we receive. Thank you guys so much.
2: Also, who was the beast is going to start working its way into my regular. <laughs>
1: Ooh, okay, okay. All right. Well, speaking of the beast, and last week, Drew. You won one.
2: Let's go. Rockies fans got it done. Little three-game sweep of the Miami Marlins got
1: you. <laughs> yes, my, my description of it was uh, for the poll on Twitter. Rockies, Las Cucarachas, and the team having fun again while winning four straight games. Yeah.
4: That was a long time that ago. That was a long time uh, ago. How many have they lost now?
2: A lot. They did uh, six or seven out there on the road trip. They lost, uh, came back, oh. got one from the Braves, and then, uh, and then, uh, yeah, the Red Sox thing happened yesterday.
1: Whew. Whew. This, Ooh. this is just right. taking a while. Well, yes, it is. So moving on to this week, <laughs> let's start with the college guys. You, since you're new to the show, Henry.
6: So I'm gonna say that the Buffs won the week because they came out of camp
1: healthy. Ooh, yeah.
6: Which uh, oh yes, no. got to knock wood, on wood. We wood are all John Gruden today, uh, but I think that that is obviously massive. I mean, a couple of guys are a little dinged up, like they might be on snap counts or something in the first game, but they didn't lose anybody. And for a te- yeah, we're knocking on wood again. <laughs> so every time you Lions say it, I'm really knocking on wood. But but for like for th- for a team like this where they are asking a lot. Of guys to step up and be players that they haven't been in the past. I mean, that's that's their path to bowl eligibility or like a Pac-12 title, as wild as that sounds. They need everybody to step up, and so far they've done what they need to do. You can't ask for much more out of camp than to come out
1: healthy. Agreed.
7: Mike Bobo did say he wanted to send over some wings to Lavisca. Hopefully, he can get like uh, food poisoning because yeah. he said that's about the only way you can slow him down. <laughs>
6: Do you think it would slow him down? Probably not. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like no, he would so. just go have, he would <laughs> just go have so. his flu game.
4: <laughs> yeah. He'd
6: yeah. Oh, yeah. just become even more legendary.
1: Moving on to you, Justin. Why do the Rams win the week?
7: Because Colin Hill is finally going to start a week one game. He's a guy that's been at CSU for what feels like 10 years because he <laughs> gray-shirted, um, but he, he hasn't had a chance yet to start that week one game. i I just i'm excited for him as somebody that knows him personally it's he's a guy that's had to come back you know we talked about it earlier coming back from two acls it's just going to be a big moment for him good for colin hill for getting to this place and you know not giving up on his career which would have been the much easier option
5: well
1: i forgot the rules of my own game because i forgot to time both of you but i I think think you did it under yeah Yeah, probably (laughs) um all right drew
2: this is easy. This isn't even close. Tim Melville won the week, but everyone should be on the team. If you're not rooting for Tim Melville right now, you are a cold person and you are dead inside. There is something <laughs> fundamentally broken about you. This man spent 11 years in minor league baseball, only to have 14 innings of major league experience under his belt, and he got knocked around in that time. It took him two years to get back to the major leagues, and only because the Rockies staff is absolutely decimated. He steps up, he throws 13 innings of one run baseball. He does five of those shutout baseball at Coors Field against the Atlanta Braves, the second best offense in the National League, featuring guys like Fred Freeman, Ronald Acuna, Josh Donaldson. Tim Melville is why we love sports. Guys that come from nowhere, from started from the talk about started from the bottom. Now he's here. Tim Melville is the story of Colorado sports right now. Look at him go!
1: Uh, again, under the, under the minute mark.
4: I don't know where it is, but I'm moving to Melville.
2: That's right. <laughs> the guy's fantastic. Uh, we were joking the other day uh, because he pitches like someone from the 80s that he should get to do his, and he kind of looks like a pitcher from the 80s, he should get to do his postgame press conferences with a beer in one hand, a cigarette in the other, oh ice packs God. on both knees. Like, how do you not love this dude?
1: Yeah, Maybe he's been great.
4: if things go well enough, they'll start calling Boulder Melville because of Mel Tucker. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh. Melville. I truly love Tim Melville. Like, I just want to hug him. Yeah. That's how lovable he is. He seems is. like
1: such a nice guy. Yeah, and how he, how has um his presence been in the clubhouse?
2: He's been fantastic. He keeps bringing up this barbecue restaurant he went to where he drew inspiration. Yeah, he there. worked Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That, but I mean that he goes to to find inspiration. Like wow, the, like what? And you look at him, you're like, you look like a guy that goes to a barbecue restaurant to find inspiration. <laughs> <laughs> but, but he like he admits that like he's he's got a great uh, sense uh, sense of awareness and humor about who he is and what's going on out. there there uh he's giving credit to his young catcher i mentioned dom nunez earlier but uh, no one is having a better time playing baseball for the colorado rockies right now than tim melville
4: that's awesome and having fun playing for the colorado rockies right now is pretty hard it's yeah. tough to
2: do
7: how's anyone going to compete after that emotional pitch i mean that was the sales of a lifetime
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. we'll see ryan will find a way ryan why do the broncos win the week
4: First of all, Drew, you should win two in a row here. Tim Melville is getting my vote, but
1: over the buffs. Well, I mean, it's just,
5: they have the done buffs. Anything. will get it next week. <laughs> yeah.
4: Um, for me, for the Broncos, it's a it's a guy by the name of Mike Purcell who is similar uh, to Tim Melville, big guy. Not many not many people know who he was. Not a lot. Of, a lot of people didn't even know his name, and probably until Zach Kerr got cut this week, and people were like, "Yeah, it's because Mike Purcell is ball, balling out out there." Um, made multiple plays in that extremely boring game. Like, that was the one thing you're like, oh, 98. Purcell, he's doing stuff out there. He kind of looks like Dometa Pekka because he's got the hair coming out of the back and he's making plays from the interior of the defensive seconds. line. So, on top of all that, this is the Denver sports pod and Mike Purcell from Highlands Ranch. So, he is a local guy. Get that uh, get that local angle in there to, to try and pull some votes. Um, most likely going to make the Denver Broncos after no one knew who he was when he came in.
1: ha. Ah. You got it with three seconds to spare. All right. Well, you guys got to let us know who you think won the week. I'll be putting a poll on Twitter. You can also comment on the on com. Thank you to everyone who has left beautiful reviews. They've all been so, so I nice. I
2: know. They're like getting me emotional. <laughs> like I read through some of these and I'm like, people are so nice. I'm sure this, will, uh, this is a honeymoon that will end at some <laughs> point. People will start getting on us real soon, but... You guys. I'm
4: sure there'll be some <laughs> angry
1: fans of some college football team this week. <laughs> yeah. uh, both
2: yes sides. Will. We'll divide the party here real quick. <laughs>
1: all right. right, we'll keep doing it. We really, really appreciate all of your support. Remember to subscribe to the Denver Sports Podcast feed, and we will see you guys next week.